Carly sat flat on the grass with her back against a lamppost. She wrote and wrote and wrote. She stopped. The continuous giggling of the multitude of little girls sitting across the street irritated her for the first time in three days. She loved children. But the little girls sat on their haunches and stared at her as if she were a... Hmm... A hilarious circus monkey from Africa. Yes, that. She was definitely their afternoon entertainment, and they babbled, giggled, and pointed at her. All the adults of the village were inside resting at this time of day. Summers in this part of Eastern Europe are blazing hot. She sighed. She reread the first paragraph to the travel story editor in Cape Town in South Africa. It said, Serbia, 2010. This quaint little hamlet of Mokrin is in the north of the country and it has an ordinary farming community with something extra strange. This little town has extraordinary lampposts. They are extremely high. From where I sit, each and every one of the seven has a stalk on it, and she sits cosy in her nest. The cutest stalklings or stalklets peek out from under their mothers. The weirdest thing is that they are all on the left side of the street. She reread, edited a little bit, and stared again at the giggling little girls. She looked up at the stalk closest to her and felt something touch her foot. On the grass in front of her, six bare feet wiggled. Four of them had dirty toenails and two had extra unevenly applied nail polish just slapped onto them. The three little girls spoke simultaneously and in Serbian with excited little voices. Carly estimated them to be five years old and they were waving their arms to get her attention. They held something in their arms, which seemed to be of utter importance. Little arms shook. What, she said, and she smiled at them. They were really cute. They babbled and babbled without taking a breath and held out two knitted baby jerseys. One pink, one blue. Maya, would you translate, please? She called out when the children flopped to the ground and when they dumped the baby clothes onto her lap. They were getting very anxious. Maya! Yes! I'm here! Maya stretched out the words for as long as possible. Maya lay across the street, in the grass, flat on her back, and she shared headphones with a friend. Both of them seemed to be in that 
semi-comatose mode only teenagers could be in. Maya was in town to visit her grandmother. Her parents had moved to Canada during the 90s, during a period of unrest. There was a war in the Balkan region. Maya was now in grade 12, and her English was excellent. Carly hired her as a translator while she worked on travel stories in the area. Maya, what do the little girls want? Carly said. <sighs> Maya yawned. You have to pick the blue. Um, And then she and her friends started giggling uncontrollably. The blue or the pink? More giggles. What for? Godly said. Well, um, you have to pick for your baby boy or your baby girl. Maya, the translator, tried to talk in her very official voice. She actually said an entire sentence without yawning or giggling. Auntie Helena wants to start knitting. Carly stood up. Wait, what? What what knitting? Maya sat up. Knitting for your baby. She said something to the crowd of young girls who were not on Carly's side of the street. They clapped their hands and they laughed and they eagerly nodded. Carly dropped her pen. What baby? The teenagers now squealed with laughter, but... There was a tiny bit of nervousness in the laughter. The children on both sides of the street had engaged in a conversation, excluding Karli, speaking in rapid Serbian. Jylle moet dadelijk hiermee ophou, want jylle maak me nou rechtig kwaad. Praat Engels, want ek verstaan nie Serbisch nie. The Afrikaans words from Karli stopped all the laughter. What? It always worked like a charm when she spoke in her first language. Okay, let's start again, she said. I don't understand, Maya, what's so funny. Could you please come over here so that we can talk? We're shouting at one another. No, Maya said. No, 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 no. And she held her arms up and out like a shield. I'm only 17. I'm not putting my feet on that side of the street ever. She shouted and she translated the words into Serbian and the spectators laughed again. Maya's grandmother came out after her afternoon rest and she sat on the wooden bench behind Godly. She called the little girls and two of them galloped over to the house behind them and they ran back to Carly with four crocheted baby blankets. They dumped these on the grass in front of her, and all of them spoke Serbian again, all at once. What? Carly said. Maya, they are saying that you have to pick the pattern you like best, Carly. My grandmother wants to start working on the blanket. Carly took a step towards Maya and then turned around and took a step towards the grandmother. She carried the baby stuff 
to the two ladies sitting on the bench and firmly put everything between them without making any eye contact. Then she swung around and slowly walked back to the street where the two teenagers lay flat on their backs in an obvious trance. Their toes tapped the rhythm of some song. It was unbearably hot. Carly took a deep, deep breath. Maya, she said, and and she smiled to sound friendly. I don't know what's happening. Would you please explain? She was suddenly sick and tired of the lack of language and the different culture. Maya, um, you do know that I do not want another baby. Maya, just take your time and explain this to everybody. Maya moved much too fast for a teenager and jumped to her feet. Her eyes were wide and her arms lifted. You don't want another one? She asked and she sounded terrified, petrified. She took a step back. (sighs) No, Carly said. You know that I already have four children. Oh, no, 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 Maya yelled, and she closed her eyes and she held her head in her hands. It's too late. She translated those few words into a stream of rapid Serbian. A shocked silence followed. Everybody stared at Carly. Nobody moved. No, 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 Maya said. Too late. After three days under those lamp poles, it's too late. It's too late, too late, she said in that solemn voice of a Greek tragedy. No, 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 she translated swinging her arms, rolling her eyes, moving her entire body. Her entire audience nodded in agreement. It was most definitely much too late for whatever it was. Carly asked anyway. Too late for what? Maya put her hand in front of her mouth. Please tell me, Maya. Maya looked down. You are sitting under the stalk lamp posts. It's how people get babies. The two teenagers blushed in deep crimson and they kept looking downwards. All the other people looked up at the row of stalks. Maya said, Carly, we thought you knew. Everybody, everybody, everybody gets a baby there. That's why the kindergarten school is built right there. Again, she translated. Everybody looked at the brightly painted kindergarten school. Carly swung around, and there it was. I, uh, she said, everybody, uh, the storks, babies, You thought I knew? Wait, stop. You're joking, right? 
this is just all a joke. Oh, Maya, just tell them all to stop. It was, it was funny. No, Maya said. It's not a joke. Why do you think that I keep to this side of the street all the time? If you can still have babies, you don't even walk on that side ever, ever, ever. The storks have been giving babies there for the past 80 years to every woman on that side, no exceptions. She translated this in a friendly voice, looked optimistic, and everybody in the street smiled in agreement. They nodded, as if to say, yes, for the past 80 years, every woman under the stalks got a baby. <sighs> Carly sighed. Maya, it's an old wife's tale that stalks bring babies. No, 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 the teenager said, and she was severely agitated again. Not in Mokrin. Oh, no. How many? Oh, no. How many what? Cudley said. How many children did you want when you were young? There was pain on the child's face, and she held her head low between her legs after squatting down. Cudley froze. She stared at the brightly painted kindergarten building. It was the only building in the main street with new paint, actually in the whole little town. A child of about three put a baby blanket in her arms yet again. And then another one, pink and blue. This was not going to end. Carly frantically picked a pink jersey and one of the blankets to just get rid of the strange people who relentlessly kept nagging about the baby items. The two older ladies clapped their hands and they rushed back into the house. Carly ran back to the house where she stayed. Dushka! She explained the whole situation. Maya said, Dushka smiled, Yes, of course it's true. It's actually been 90 years. Women from all over the world have been coming here to fetch babies from the stalks. You didn't know? We all thought that's why you came. No, Godly said. I didn't know. Dushka sighed. And she added extra paprika to that evening's vegetable dish. She then vigorously stirred and it colored the food to a deep orange with a lovely smell. Carly, you know that it's too late anyway. You will have to pick colors. And how many children had you dreamt about when you got married? Carly ran out of the house, away from the smell of the food, which was suddenly making her nauseous. She walked back to the row of stalks and deliberately sat down underneath them. She picked up her pen and she continued writing. She wrote, In this picturesque little town, there is the strangest superstition that stalks give babies. As she wrote the word babies, she threw down her writing pad and ran to the middle of the street. Her feet burned through her flat sandals. 
she looked up and addressed the leader stork. Please listen well. My name is Carly. I come from South Africa. We also have our little superstitions. But there is definitely something that we have to discuss immediately. The seven white storks looked down to her and it gave her a little bit of hope. She spoke clearly and they, she was glad to see that they understood English. With respect, Carly said, In my country, I thought it was an old wives tale. The fact that you as storks bring people babies. But now, here in Mokrin, I see that it's, it's also the case over here. And that is what we have to talk about. This is really, really important. It was as if the storks nodded. She felt quite satisfied about her talk and the tone of her voice. Carly paused, made a bigger smile, and made eye contact with each of the storks. But they were all doubtlessly focusing. You see, she said, I am only a visitor to this town, really, a tourist. I am a guest, and I do not want to take a baby home with me. I am sure you all know that I already have four children. There is six of us in our one little house. My husband has also had enough of kids. Four is more than plenty. Carly waited for them to digest the information, and then she walked to the middle of the row of the birds to make sure that they all heard her well. I am dead serious. I know that Ruan and I put in an order for seven children, but we were young and ignorant and just being silly. Thoughtless. Seven. Of course we were joking. She paused again, made good eye contact, and continued. You see, we wanted seven children before we realized that you have to take care of those cute, adorable, cuddly little babies forever and ever. Please understand, it's not that I'm complaining about my lovely children. They are wonderful and a blessing. I'm just terrified that you made notes about us wanting and hoping for seven. I'm terrified that you plan on delivering three more. I can't raise three more children. You see, to be very honest, I'm not a baby mother anymore. Carly took another few deep breaths and she wiped the strands of sweaty hair from her face. Then she looked up again. These are the facts. At the moment, I'm a writer. You saw me here under the pole. When I write, I forget to feed myself. Stories are just terrible things. They are exactly like massive thunderclouds. They build up for days and when that first flash of lightning strikes, well, then it rains words. That's my current life. And any story cloud must be emptied. The words stream out. 
if you were to give me a little baby bundle of joy right now. Carly rubbed her chin and she thought for a moment. She had to explain this well. Oh, I I must add that babies are adorable. They really are. But they will perish with me. They will grow up without food and without any love. At the moment, I write stories. Please, I'm begging, don't. The leader stalk made her neck long and she peeked down. The cuddly little baby stalk under her popped out its head, also looking down to see what his mother was talking about. Carly smiled. Let me give you a brilliant plan. My sister's name is Nicoline. She's much younger than I am. And they've been married for 10 years and they are yearning for a baby, longing. She's childless. She's unhappy about this. At the moment, she is staying in my house to take care of my four children so that I can travel and write stories about the places that I go to. Nicoline, she will make a marvellous mother. I can vouch for her. Carly waited a little bit for the words to sink in. She will be a fantastic, devoted and loving mommy. Could you, could you please give her the three extras that Ruan, Ruan and I said we wanted but didn't? How do I put this? <sighs> she sighed. Will you please, 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 please give Nicoline those three babies? It was summer again in Mokrin in Sarvia. A woman from South Africa sat under the lamp pole close to the colourful kindergarten. She chatted with the storks who were lazily spreading their wings in the late afternoon sun. Baby birds were looking down from underneath their mummies in the seven large nests. They were all listening to what she was saying. A crowd of tiny little giggling girls sat by her feet. Across the street, two teenagers shared headphones and they listened to the conversation, although it seemed as if they were asleep. Everybody in the street listened. So, my sister Carly sends her love to all of you, Nicoline said. I am sure you can imagine how busy she is. The entire street nodded, even the storks. The triplets are too sweet for words, Nicoline said. And we all love the pattern of their pink blankets. It's so intricately crocheted. Really magnificent handwork. But the three of them are keeping Carly really busy, as you can imagine. Nicoline laughed and gave the little girls by her feet some more candies. They were all playing with dolls. She winked at them, tickled them, and they giggled. Anyway, Nicoline said, Carly asked me to come and to thank you seven times. She stood up. 
She walked to the middle of the street, and then, one by one, she slowly thanked each and every one of the storks that sat on the lamppost. She thought for a little while, sat down again, and picked up the little toddler near her feet. They rolled in the grass, played, and the child squealed with laughter. Three of her toenails were bright red. Okay, Nicoline said, when the laughter had died down. So about my babies. I want three children, if you would be so kind. She smiled, spoke clearly and slowly, and she waited for the words to sink in well. All the storks listened, even the little girls and the teenagers, because their toes had stopped ticking to the beat of the music. So three children, please, but I am not like Godly, not in the least. At the moment, she's writing the funniest, oh, the cutest stork children's stories with the triplets on her lap. She reads these stories to her babies. The other four children think that their mother's stories are the best on earth. That's my older sister, Carly, for you. I am not like her. Uh-uh. I'm not Carly. She is just something else. Nicoline sighed. You see, just thinking about my sister, Carly, gives me a headache. Imagine seven children, three of them triplets, and she is coping, loving every minute, singing, writing stories. So, please, back to my case. I, Nicoline, I'm kindly asking, would you please give me three children, but one at a time, a boy and then a girl, and please, another girl? The storks nodded, the little girls nodded, and the teenagers nodded. Nicoline hummed as she walked over to the ladies sitting on the bench, watching the sunset. They smiled at her and held out a variety of the prettiest blankets. Nicoline examined each of them and took her time, and then she chose the three that she liked best. Blue, pink, pink. Maya's grandmother and her friend looked very impressed by Nicoline's choice, and they invited her to dinner. Nicoline sat flat on the cool grass with her back against an extra high lamppost in the charming little town of Mokrin. For the fourth consecutive day, she was surrounded by a crowd of little girls, and together, she and the children of this town, they sang baby lullabies in Serbian. And if you looked very closely, the seven storks, they bounced rhythmically in their nests, up and down, up and down, one, two, three, blue, pink, 